Welcome, welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. I am so excited today to have Taryn Nettles on. I think everybody who has been listening to my podcast for a while knows I'm really picky about who I have on. So Taryn, if you didn't know that, just <laughs> this is a compliment to you because wow. I'm really picky. Oh, I feel honored. Like with you just saying that, I'm just like, Oh my gosh. I will I will wear that badge like made my day. I love it. No, I am really picky because I I want people who I have followed for a while mm-hmm. who I feel like if I ever had a client that I didn't know how to help them, I could pass them off to this person because yeah. this is their person this is their specialty. I don't just want people I I just recently hired a woman and and we were kind of talking about like who we sh- she was saying do you want me to give you a list of names that are big namers that maybe can come on your podcast I'm like no cuz I probably will disagree with them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? It's like no, I'm actually really really picky about who I have on here. So I'm really excited. I'm going I'm going to have you introduce yourself though. Talk okay. a little bit about your specialty. You okay. talk a lot about hormones. Mm-hmm. If, if anybody who follows her on Instagram will notice that. But I also want to hear kind of your background. I love hearing how people got into health and fitness and even coaching. For me, like just kind of like going like way, way back, like I started like getting into health and fitness when I was in the Navy because I didn't. I didn't really have a choice because I had to, you know, run a mile and a half under a certain time. I had to do so many sit-ups and push-ups like based upon my age group. So I didn't really have a choice. So I, you know, started off like most women, just cardio bunny, doing all the cardio, not really a lot of lifting. Um, And then that's when I actually started to get into lifting was through through Gillis. So my, my significant other, um, he's the one that brought me in and started to show me the ropes on that. And then I just fell in love with it. And I just, I started training and I was like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to compete. So I decided like, I'm going to compete in like my first, you know, figure competition and going through all of that. Needless to say, it wasn't the best experience of my life because the coach I had at the time wasn't really helping me. I wasn't really responding that well. Um, I dieted for six months and I only lost like five pounds. So I know what that struggle's like with being told like, oh yeah, you know, you're good. You're fine. You're making all the progress. You'll be ready and not being told like the truth. And from that moment on, like that really sat with me and that's what got me into the whole coaching space was like, I don't want any other woman going through what I went through, having things like sugarcoat it. Give me the truth. Don't, don't sugarcoat it. And then during all of that time, I decided I'm like, well, I really want to learn. I want to educate myself. If I'm going to do this, I want to be the best I can be for people. So I got my bachelor's in nutrition and dietetics And then I wanted to further my education after that. So I wanted to kind of tie the training component into the nutrition component because, you know, at that time, like competing was like my thing. I loved it. I mean, I still love it. I just don't, I just don't do it anymore. 
Um, so I decided, I'm like, I'm going to get my master's degree in exercise science and advanced nutrition. So I went ahead and I did that. And then during all of that, I was working on just trying to, you know, build my coaching up and try to try to figure it all out. Um, and so once I graduated, I decided I was going to compete again. And I noticed that my body was just not responding very well. I couldn't figure it out. I was following everything to a T, like from the diet to the training, like everything I had to do. I was, I was doing it, but just something was not connecting and I didn't really know what it was. And I just remember feeling like I'm so broken. Like my body is broken. Like I see all these women out here, they're making the progress that I should be making and I'm not making it. So that kind of led me down this rabbit hole of just trying to dig a little bit deeper and figure out, well, there's more, there, there's more to it than just calories in and calories out because I'm doing all of that, but nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. um, and at that time, Gillis, my significant other, he was actually working in a hormone clinic. So we decided, hey, let's kind of go down the rabbit hole and get your hormones tested and see what's going on. From that point on, like that was kind of like the game changer for me, the aha moment of, okay, it's way deeper than just the calories in, calories out, you know, diet really hard, train really hard. You know, I had like some hormonal issues going on, you know, thyroid wasn't in the best place. Um, I had some sex hormone imbalances that also play into thyroid function. And I was like, okay, that that was my problem. So from that point on, I was like, I'm going to learn everything and, ev and everything about this as much as I can learn to not only help myself and recover myself, but also to be able to help other women who felt the way I felt just hopeless, broken, not happy in their body, because that's a really hard, hard place to be. Because I remember when I was in that place, just how low I felt. I felt so low. I felt so depressed. And I was like, I, I got to figure this out. So that's what got me into the, like the functional space of just looking deeper at things like in regards to lining it up with, okay, here's fitness, here's your internal health. Let's merge it together, you know, because it, it is deeper. It is deeper than just, just go work out and just eat or eat less and, and do more. Um, which is kind of like the biggest pain in my side, but that's, <laughs> that's my backstory in a nutshell. I love it. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't love that you experienced that because of the frustration at the same time, it's kind of a blessing though, because now look at where it's pushed you because yes. if you hadn't had those experiences, you never, well, I, I shouldn't say never, but maybe you wouldn't have gone down the rabbit hole and been able to help other people. Absolutely. And I look at it as like the negative experiences, like they sucked at the time, but it's lessons. It's lessons for something bigger. And so that's, that's how I see it. So yeah, you're hundred percent right. Like that's what pushed me to be where I'm at in this moment. Before we started recording, I, I kind of started going down this question with you. And then I realized we need to hit record. <laughs> we, need to, we need to have all this recorded to help other people. This is where I'm torn. Mm -hmm. I feel like 
there's two camps and there's two camps of clients and there's two camps of coaches, right? Mm-hmm. There's clients who are like, oh, I, I think it's my hormones. I think I'm broken, mm-hmm. but really they're just not being compliant. So there's that camp. And then there's those that are just, I, I kind of gave this description earlier to you, they're type A personality. They will be so hardcore. They will follow things to a T. They will like die before they break and don't follow through what their coach has asked them to do. And and yet they're not seeing the results, probably a lot of what you are experiencing. I mean, you're yeah. somebody who's, you were in the Navy, you know hard, you know how to, you know grit you know how to just like put your head down and do it. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say that you fall into this category of, well, you're just not following the plan, right? But how do you know who you are? Because there's so many voices too in fitness where sometimes I feel like coaches that are like, it's not hormones, just follow the plan, eat less. Then there's the other coaches that are, it's all hormones. And I'm like, where are the people that fall in the middle? (laughs) Those are my people. I want them and I want their voices to be bigger, but I feel like their voices aren't sexy. It's not like cool. It's not inciting. And so nobody turns to real wisdom. Mm -hmm. But my main question for you is how do you know as a woman, which camp that you're in? So the biggest, okay. The biggest thing is, is you really got to be honest with yourself. You need to self-reflect. You need to call yourself out. You know, if it's something where if you're not fully following something or being compliant internally, we know, like we know it's just something that maybe we don't want to address or you know what I'm saying? Or you just, you don't want to come to terms with it. So I say, so I would say that would be the first place you need to start. Um, and then for the person who like, you know, for like, without a doubt, like you're like, no, like I type A, you tell me what to do. I will track my macros to the T. I will get it on point. Like every little thing is going to be perfect. Like if you're that individual, it's like one of those situations where you know, you're that person. But you also need to learn to unwind that, you know, so like in regards to like, is it like, is it hormonal? Is it not hormonal? Like, what is it? Again, it's it's gray. It's it's a lot of gray. It's not black or white. It's not, oh, it's just hormones. It's not hormones. It's It's a combination of both because the more I, the more I coach people, like I, I'm learning that people conflict their own like hormonal issues on themselves. Like for example, if we're talking about the people who's like very type A, they're very wound tightly, they're living off of stress. That's not a good place to be because that constant stress and perfectionism, like that is stress. That is a hundred percent stress that you're putting on yourself. So it's like, if you end up having some kind of hormonal issue Like if I had a client that came to me and, you know, I, you can pick up on these people who are wound so tightly, you got to have a conversation of like, look, we, we need to like decompress you. You need to stop being wound so tightly. Like it's not all or nothing, you know? So that would be the place I would start with them. And the ones who are not consistent, 
rather than saying, oh, well, I have hormone issues. That's, you know, that's why I'm not making progress. Let's be honest and let's talk about your lack of consistency. So before you point the finger and say it's hormones, let's try to be consistent first and then we can address that. I would say that most of the time, the question then that would follow from clients would be, well, how long do I need to be consistent, right? So how long, okay, cool. I can be consistent for two days. Like, is that, is that it? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just like, it, it takes time. It's, you know, it's one of these things I think about, like when I have someone who comes to me and this is, this is like a pain in my side too, is when someone's just like, I want to look like this person, you know, well, you'll never look like this person because you're not this person. But the biggest thing that you're missing that this individual has that you don't is the consistency factor. Like they've been consistent for years on end, you know, and I, I don't want to like scare people and thinking like, oh my gosh, I got to be like consistent for five years before I start seeing progress. And it's like, no, like start small, like, hey, I'm going to be consistent, you know, for this week. And then at the end of the week, okay, I'm going to be consistent next week and next week and just build the habits. Those habits is what brings the consistency. I love it. I think that's so smart. I, I really did want to start this conversation, just kind of letting people know, like, we can't just blame hormones for everything. Absolutely. There, there are definitely those individuals that we can get them in a much better place so that they feel better to even put in the work. Cause sometimes with some people, maybe it's hormones aren't stopping the work, but they're having a hard time even starting because they feel so crappy because of it. Yes. And, and that's the other thing there too, is it's one of those things. Like if you, like you got to address the lifestyle factors first, like what's going on in your, in your life. I like to go down a checklist with people before I even get into the hormone world with them. So if they're like, Oh, I have a hormone issue, or let's say they legitimately do have a hormone issue. We ran blood work. We, we saw the issue before I even go into that. We have to have the foundational things down first. Like people overlook the foundation. Like they want to skip that and just dive into the more advanced stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's like, okay, let's back up. Are we getting seven to eight hours of sleep? Are we eating fruits and vegetables? Are we consistent with following, you know, like whatever your macro plan is or whatever your diet is? Are you consistent? Are you managing your stress? Are you getting sunlight? Are you having bowel movements every day? You know, are you drinking water? The basics matter so, so much. And, you know, before you even dive into that world, you got to check off those boxes first, because if those boxes are not checked off, it's, it's not going to be an easy road for you, especially if you're trying to skip from A all the way to Z. It just, it won't work for you. Do you know what, as a coach, I will tell you, getting people to do the, it is really fascinating. I could tell somebody to do the weirdest thing in the world. So weird. And they'll do and it. They will do it because they think there's something magic about it. Yes. But when I tell them to do the basics, it is like oh. pulling teeth. Yeah. I've literally asked them to give me their like firstborn. I don't know. It's, it is the wildest thing to me. 
Yeah. Well, I think it, it's coming down to the like extremism, you know, like if you tell me do something extreme, okay, coach Lindsay told me to do this. It's, it's extreme. I'm going to do it. It's going to work and it's going to be magical. But Lord forbid you say, please eat a fruit and vegetable. <laughs> oh no, no, I can't do that. That's not going to work for me. You know? So it's like, it's just the all or nothing. And people are looking for, for magic. It's the basics. That's the quote unquote magic, but that's not the sexy side of it. You know, like that's the boring, like, Oh, who cares about that? But that's everything. Mm, it really is. It really is. I, so I love that you talk about how you have this checklist of basics before you even go into the hormones, because I feel like that right there is a really good sign of a good coach. We're not going to skip the mm -hmm. foundational stuff because even if we found something with your blood work, it, it doesn't matter. I'm going to still go back to the foundations. Like that's, that still needs to be addressed. Absolutely. Yes. A hundred percent. Cause it's like, you know, if you're having all these issues, but you haven't even, you never even really sat down to eat a fruit or vegetable in your whole entire life. Like we have to, we got to start there. We can't just, we can't skip all these steps and expect magic because even with something like as like something as like complicated um, as hormone recovery, it's one of those things where the simple things is what's going to get you there, not doing all this crazy stuff, just the simple things. Like there's power in simplicity. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love it. Okay. I'm going to ask you um, to talk about a few of your posts that I really, really like. The first one you said, it's not that your metabolism is broken, damaged, or slow. It's adapted to your lifestyle. Okay. Elaborate on that. I love it. So with that post, I think of the woman who is a chronic under eater, you know, and, you know, she can't figure out like, why am I struggling? Like with my, with my metabolism, like what's, what's going on. But it's like one of those things, like you keep under eating and you're, you're struggling here and you're thinking, or you're being told your metabolism is broken when it's a quote unquote easy fix. Like start eating more food or, you know, you're a stress case and you're like, you're always stressed out to the max. And, you know, you can't figure out like, why is my metabolism not upregulating? Why is it quote unquote broken? And it's like, well, it's your stress. Like your stress is killing your metabolism. And I hate to use that like as like an extreme term, but it's, it's so true. You know, people don't understand our metabolism, it's like a mirror to our lifestyle. And what we do in our day-to-day -day life, internally, our body is going to reflect that. So if you're always eating low calories, if you're running yourself into the ground, if you're chronically stressing over things, internally, your body is going to adapt to that because we have to understand that like our brain is always like searching for things like just to keep us safe. You know, like what's going on? What's going on? Oh my gosh, there's a lot of stress. Okay. Let's go ahead and let's, you know, downregulate some things or, you know, do whatever it has to do to keep us safe. So it's just kind of like a, an adaptation to what you're doing. And, you know, kind of like what I said earlier, like if there's an issue going on internally with you, like with 
metabolism or your metabolism's quote unquote broken, or you think it's broken, it's ultimately, and this may sound a little harsh, but it's ultimately something that is your fault. Now I understand like there's situations where it's like, you know, genetic components, like, you know, say hyperthyroidism, Hashimoto's, like it runs in the family. I get that. And I'm not disregarding that, but what we do in our day-to-day life, it's playing into that. It's, it's causing things to adapt to, to what we do. I, I often refer to it as like the light switch. Like you may have the genetics, you may have that light switch sitting right there, but you're the one who turns it on or off. Yes. So yes. your lifestyle, your choices every single day. I love that, that it is a reflection of what you choose every day. So typically when people say chronic under eating, but they're like, but if I'm chronically under eating, then wouldn't I always be losing weight? Therefore always be hitting my fat loss goals. So that's a really good question. Very good question. And we have to, we have to think of it like this. Like whenever I have a client that I'm, I'm taking into a fat loss, We have to understand that eating in a caloric deficit is an intentional stressor that we're putting on our body. So if you're someone where you are chronically under eating, you're chronically dieting, um, or we'll just say under eating, you probably will not achieve that goal of fat loss or have the quote unquote dream body that you want because of all of the stress that you're conflicting on your body. And it goes back to what I said, you know, a few minutes ago about how your body is going to internally reflect off of what you're doing. So if you're chronically putting a stress on your body of not under eating, your body is going to adapt to that. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to feel safe because it's not getting the energy it needs. And so therefore it's going to downregulate systems And the little bit of energy that you are consuming, which energy I'm I'm referring to calories, it's really going to be put forth to the things that you need to keep you alive, like your your vital organs to keep you alive. Um, So we have to think of it like that. So it's it's the stress component. And when there's a lot of stress on the body, your body is not going to it's not going to cave in and be like, okay we're chronically under eating or we're always dieting, let's just go ahead and magically lose weight. We have to work with the body, not against the body. I love that. I love how you keep bringing up the body adapts and it will start. And people often look at adaptation as, oh, it's a bad thing. It's like, no, that actually the body is doing exactly what it's meant to do. It's keeping you alive. 100%. And it's going to say, okay, menstruation, don't need that. You need to live so that you can actually then take care of a baby. But right now you're struggling living, getting enough. So I'm just going to stop that. Like (laughs) That's why it starts. And it also becomes more efficient with the energy that's coming in. Yes. So what I've found is that clients who are chronic under eaters, and yet they're not losing weight, it's like they found this, this almost a the sweet spot is the wrong word, but it's kind of is the sweet spot of the point where energy coming in is low enough to start turning systems off or the body adapting it, becoming more efficient in a lot of ways doing with far less, Mm -hmm. but yet 
it's not low enough to keep pushing the drive of fat loss, but it's low enough to lower um, sex hormones, thyroid, and all of these things that when those things are on point, you actually can have a healthy fat loss phase. Phase, not fat, fat loss life, but yes. a phase. So that's kind of how I look at it. What am I missing something there? No. So that, I mean, that's a hundred percent like you're on point with that because when you were talking about that, I kind of like my brain went back to the famine days, you know, where there wasn't a lot of food or, you know, for people, but what they found, and I forget what study it was. I'll have to like go back. I'm like drawing a blank on this, this study here from way back when, but basically like back then, like if you took like a man or a woman and like there's famine there, the males are more than likely going to end up dying than the female because the female's body, it's so resilient, like to stress, to adaptation. And that's why, you know, when we're not given enough energy, like energy availability or food calories, you know, our systems downregulate because of what is our purpose? A woman's purpose in life is, hey, bear children and keep those children alive. So our bodies are smart enough where it's like, okay, we're not getting enough food. All right, we're going to keep her alive. There goes the sex hormones, the reproductive organs. We're not sending energy to that. We just need to send it to her vital organs to keep her alive and keep her going because she has young to take care of, you know, mm -hmm. so, so to speak. So no, you, you're a hundred percent like on point with that. And when the body feels safe and you're giving it enough food and calories, like to, to function, like all the systems are quote unquote happy, you know, that's when the body is going to lose weight is when it feels like it's safe and it's not in a fight or flight mode of like, oh my gosh, I only have like so many calories available. Like, let me just push it to what I need to keep me alive. You know, so that's, I think that's the biggest like misunderstanding for women in general, especially when they are chronic dieters and they can't figure out, I don't understand why I'm not losing weight. And then you're like, well, you need to eat more. And they, they can't wrap their brains around, mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense, you know, but it's like, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Especially, that's why I love the, ref, the, a lot of people say reverse dieting. I, I actually love talking about like post-diet recovery. Yes. I feel like post-diet recovery really does encompass the message of what needs to happen post-diet in that your body has adapted as it should have. Yes. And now it needs to go back to this flourishing. You talked about famine, right? Mm -hmm. So it is kind of a famine response. And now it needs to go back to this flourishing, this feast response of now I'm safe. Mm -hmm. Now I can send energy to these systems in the body that weren't getting it before. It is interesting though, to hear a lot of people talk about how, well, it, if your body's not responding, I said, there's this sweet spot, right? There's this sweet spot of you're getting all the, you're low enough in calories where you're getting all of the negatives of a diet without getting any of the positives. So yes. the negatives are 
your body's adapting, you're um, feeling sluggish, not feeling your best, but you're not getting any of the positives of you're actually seeing fat loss. So people will say, well, but it's it's calories in, calories out. Just push your calories lower. So at what point do you finally say that that's insane? I would say like that that's insanity or you're on like the insanity like wagon because, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting, you know, a different outcome each time. I would say when you just keep taking calories lower and lower and lower and you're, you know, having higher and higher energy output, like you're exercising more, but nothing is happening. That's like, that's the like insanity of it. And that's when it's like, okay, you need to, you need to kind of check yourself on that in in regards to what's going on. Um, Because I've had clients come to me, they've been caught up in that, you know, vicious cycle. And then I'm like, you know, all we have to do is we feed you more food and things should start happening. And sure enough, that's what happened. I mean, that's not like every case. So I don't want to like paint like the perfect picture. Like, oh yeah, I I can promise the world to you. Most definitely not because there's a lot of different layers there. But in most instances, like when I start feeding them more food and again, letting the body feel safe and like, okay, energy availability, we're good. That's when we'll start to see the progress. I love that. I love that. Okay. Let's shift gears a little bit. I want to talk about how sex hormones may impact metabolic rate Mm. because a lot of times people are like, well, they're, they're separate. They're different. They shouldn't. It's a natural thing for, you know, in men, testosterone just comes down during a diet. That's natural. It doesn't impede fat loss of, you know, these bodybuilders or whatever. Can you explain how it actually connects to their metabolism? Absolutely. So I don't, okay. So I don't want to go down. I don't want to go down a deep rabbit hole here. So we'll just, we'll keep it very, the basic of the basic. Okay. So all of our systems play together. Our systems do not work independently of one another. So Let's say, for example, we have a woman who is estrogen dominant. Okay. So let's say she is what we refer to as relative estrogen dominance, where your progesterone is low relative to your estrogen. That within itself can decrease thyroid function, or even if it's on the other side of the fence, estrogen dominance, where estrogen is just very high, they both can decrease our our thyroid function, our metabolic rate, because of what it's causing the liver to do. So if there is really high estrogen, what it can cause is the liver to produce a protein that can attach to free thyroid hormones. So think free T4, free T3, And it can downregulate things because now those free thyroid hormones are attached to a protein and they're not as bioavailable. So it can decrease our metabolic rate in regards to that. Can a woman though go to her doctor, have her thyroid tested, her thyroid looks normal and fine, but yet it's not. (laughs) So yes, a hundred percent. And let me kind of, let me explain this a little bit more. So 
when it comes to like the thyroid, like being told, hey, you're normal. You got to understand like when you're going to like, say a, just a regular doctor, like hormones is not their specialty or even, I hate to say it, even an endocrinologist, they're just looking at you in regards to, or your values in regards to clinical. And when we're looking at clinical, you're in this pool of sickly people, so to speak. And if they're like, oh, you're normal, but your values are not normal, or maybe you feel some kind of way, you're like, well, I'm being told I'm normal, but I don't feel normal. You have to understand they're comparing it to a clinical reference range and not necessarily like a optimal or functional reference range where it's looking at your values in comparison to an optimal range for you. Okay. And will sex hormones influence that? So you go in, everything looks fine, thyroid. So why check, why check sex hormones? So oftentimes people only focus on thyroid when they feel like there's a problem with their metabolism. That's kind of what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> you always want to check both because they both play into one another. You know, like even like the hormone progesterone, if say a woman has like lower progesterone, you know, well, there's receptors on the thyroid for progesterone that can positively impact thyroid function. So you want to look at both because they, they both do play into one another. Um, you know, even looking at things like your adrenals, for example, you know, your adrenals and thyroid, they're on the same axis and your adrenals, you know, cortisol comes from those. So if there's something going on there that can also, you know, decrease thyroid function or, or metabolic rate. Okay. So then cortisol has a direct link to metabolism as well. Like technically, or, yes, yes. So indirect, you'd say? I would say, well, it absolutely can. Like I would say directly, but indirectly. I know that's kind of like a <laughs> yes, but no. Safe answer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, let's say it depends. That's there that's you go. <laughs> but I mean, like if you have someone where you know, their cortisol is just off the charts. And then again, going back to the place of internally, your body is so stressed out, you know, like it will cause the thyroid or metabolism to adapt and be lower because it doesn't feel safe. Okay. That's really interesting. It's interesting because we live in a world where all of our, for the most part, the people listening to this podcast, most, uh, I mean, most of their needs are met. And so oftentimes it's really hard when so much stress nowadays, I feel like is very self-induced. Yes. That's hard. Yes. That's hard as a coach mm -hmm. to address that because it's like, I just think you need to calm down a little bit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. A hundred percent. Like it's, it's one of those things. Like I know, like I was doing like, you know, my, my birthday was this past weekend and I always like to kind of look back and do like self-reflection on the last year of my life. Like what are some things I've learned? And one of the biggest things I remember I wrote down in my journal was I create my own stress and my own problems in my head by overthinking things. And when I, when I wrote that down, I was just like, I mean, I already knew this, but like that light bulb kind of got a little brighter and I was like, 
this is this is the problem with some clients. Like y'all are just creating it in your head and you're thinking things are worse than what it is or this is such a problem, but it's it's here. It's your overthinking that's causing the problems, that's causing the stress. Mhm. 100%. That is a hard point to coach on. I often refer people to the book Loving What Is by Brian uh uh Byron, sorry. Byron Katie. It's the work of letting go. And a yes. lot of times the the stress is because we are holding on. We want control. We mm-hmm. we can't let it go. If we worry about it, if we think about it, then it almost won't happen or we think it will happen. And it's like, no, the real work in life is learning to love what is and let go of so much. Her book to those listening, this is the second time in the past month that I've thrown that out there because I, I do think that it is really, really, really important. You said a lot of times you, just feeding people, they'll start feeling better. In another post that you wrote, you said the solution to hypothyroidism is not just increased calories and lift weights. There's layers to it. I love that you brought this up because I probably would say I am one of those coaches who too often lean to that because for majority of people doing it does help. It's like the biggest mover. If you're looking at all the little rocks and the big rocks, it's like, just walk, get sunlight, lift weights, eat more around maintenance, learn to thrive there. And you just watch people blossom, Yes, but not everybody, not everybody. So let's speak now a little bit to those that maybe the quote unquote reverse dieting isn't the solution. And and all of a sudden they found that, no, actually I put on tons of weight. I'm in a worse place and now I'm even more frustrated. So with that, you know, again, it, it can go back to the lifestyle. It can go back to like mental health too. Like that's a really, really big one there. But you know, for like these individuals, it is about looking, looking deeper, like pulling back the layers to figure out, well, why is, you know, is there maybe an underlining root issue, like internally, like with your health markers that have never been addressed? You know, is it maybe um, the types of foods that you're eating, you know, you're not getting, you know, specific nutrients that, you need to thrive. And, you know, the thyroid's like going under because of that, you know, it's just a lot of like lifestyle factors, you know, play, play into those people. But then again, it, it could be deeper rooted. So it's just, it's gray. It's, it's a lot of gray with that too. At what point do you start looking at gut health? Well, for me specifically, um, I'm not like, I'm not, in the gut health, like scope, like if I said, if I said I was, I'd be lying. Um, I look at like the hormone component, thyroid component. Um, yes, gut plays into all of that stuff, but there's like, for me, you know, I know enough to be dangerous, but that's not like my, my scope of practice. Mm -hmm. So if I had someone where we were having gut issues, the first place that I would probably start with is, okay, Let's look at your diet. Let's look at your stress because those are the biggest things here that can play into that. Like I know um, I had some clients like stress was extremely high 
They were not going to the bathroom. They weren't having any bowel movements. And before like diving into like the gut and just throwing all these different protocols and stuff at people, let's start simple. Let's address your stress. Let's dive into your lifestyle and let's pull back your layers and see what we can find. And most of the time in these situations, it's the matter of stress that's causing the GI issues. You know, um, that's, of course, not to disregard actual GI issues because they're real. They exist. It's just for me, that's, you know, that's just not my my area that I, I like to get into. If there's a severe issue, I will go ahead and, hey, let's let's go meet up with, you know, this coach who specializes in it and see what we can we can do. Mm-hmm. I love that you said that as sometimes I think uh, coaches try to speak on everything for everyone. And it's, you can always trust somebody who says, you know, that's not my specialty. Really? <laughs> I know yeah. enough to have like, oh, to see red flags and then to guide you to somebody who knows better. And that's kind of how I feel about hormones is I know enough to see red flags and I can refer you to somebody who's going to help you a lot more. I will touch on these basics. And if we're doing all these basics and the foundational things and sometimes it heals itself. If it doesn't, I'm going to pass you off to somebody else. And so I I think that that's really good. As coaches, I think it's really good that we know our space. We're not therapists. Sometimes we try to be. (laughs) Yes. That's a big one too. And it's hard. It is. It is really hard. I say this a lot, like for some people, you know, it's one of those things like, look, if you have like deep, like really, really like deeply rooted issues, like that's affecting like your mental health. You don't need a nutrition coach. Mm -hmm. You need a therapist, like go work out your stuff. And then you can kind of circle back around to me. But I, if there's a lot of stuff going on there, I can't help you until you learn how to help yourself with coping or working through, you know, whatever you're dealing with, like mentally or trauma or whatever you're holding on to. Mm-hmm. Yes. 100%. Oh my goodness. I love this conversation. I'm so glad I had you on. Is there anything that comes to your mind that you just kind of wish one last thing that you just wish if, if women just understood this one thing or these two things, I wish that more women would do this for their health. What would that be? Eat food and lift weights. And what I mean by eat food is not like diet. Stay out of a deficit and lift weights and actually push yourself. Don't be a, don't be afraid to lift heavy, challenge yourself because those two things, I swear it can probably solve like 90% of your problems if you just did those two things. Mm-hmm. Yep. 100%. I love it. Okay. Thank you so, so much for coming on. It has been amazing. Um, in the notes, we're going to have a link. Do you have a website? Is it your Instagram account? What is the best way for people to get a hold of you? Instagram would be the best. Okay. We'll put a link to your handle in the show notes so that those that feel like they need a little bit more of you in their life, can reach out to you and so that you can help more people. I love it. Empower more women. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. We'll talk to you later.